And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson, you are Doc Manson. At Doc Manson, you make me feel like dancing. I do? DC Matthews at the DC Matthews? You often make me feel like dancing, sir. Um, wow. I ju- just just letting you know. That might be the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. Well, I, I do what I can. Mm-hmm. I do what I can, do what I can. Um, how are you? Good, good. As you know, there's a death in the family this week, so it's been a bit of a week. It's been a bit of a week. Yep, yep. Well, our condol- the condolences of the DDT community, the neighborhood at large, really the entire world go out to you. Yeah, well, I mean... I, know, can, speak, so you, I, I can speak yeah. for the world. Of course you can. Of course you can. I, had, I never doubted your ability to speak for all of those folks. But, I mean, just so people... You know, it was my father's brother, so my uncle who passed, and so it's not. Um, did Mrs. Manson not like a decide, number. Did Mrs. Manson figure out what to wear to the church? I know she was wondering. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Manson did figure it out. She wore a uh, skirt of some kind. So everybody who was hanging on on Twitter, dying to know if it if it worked out. Uh, yes, yes, it did. Churches are are terrifying places to those who did not grow up in them. Did you grow up in one? Uh, we, I, I won't say that I was. We were not hardcore Catholics, but my dad insisted that I, you know, go through the process. He wanted me to get my first communion. He wanted me to get confirmed. So we went to church a fair amount. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, that's. Were pretty... you an altar boy? Part of oh, me. Oh, feels... I was. I, I, I'm. You must have told me that at some point because I'm like Probably. he had to have been an altar boy. I was an altar boy until, uh, like, sophomore year of high school. So <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, two weeks ago. <laughs> till sophomore year of college. Yeah. No. Um, um, did yeah. you enjoy being an altar boy? Uh, I mean, you know, it was fine. There was nothing wrong with did it. Did you get to ring the bells? Were you one of those oh, churches I where you got to the ring bells. the bells? Oh, yes. Do this in memory of me. <laughs> Absolutely. Our priest had this thing where he really liked us to ring it three times. You know, a ding-a-ling-a-ling, a ding-a-ling-a-ling, a ding-a-ling-a-ling for the Holy Trinity. One, two, three, you see. Yes, indeed. The Holy Trinity. Onions, celery, and bell pepper. Yeah. That's a uh, that's, that's a that's a culinary joke for those playing. Well. Are you just dosing yourself up right now? Is that what's happening? Because I know yeah. you are also slightly well, under the weather. I unwrapped Is, them and I almost put them in my mouth, but then I put Mrs. Them aside, Manson's so coming I'm, in. I'm going to wait a half hour. Force you to like drink fluids. I'm assuming that's hot tea and some yeah. sort of medicine she's forcing you to take. <laughs> well, the medicine was me. The tea was her. Uh, she was asking me about dinner. Um, I can't read lips, so she had to write it down. I'd like to have some. I think is the answer. That's what Mrs. I mean, Matthews. I, I, I when gave I her one about, of these, and I was, I assumed that would suffice. When um, I ask about dinner, when I ask what she'd like for dinner, my wife's common response is, "Well, I'd like to have some." And I'm like, "You are incredibly flippant helpful. Thank you." That's that. pretty much what I say as well. And she's always like, "Could you like help me come up with a plan?" And I'm just like, "It doesn't." It doesn't matter, like, and like I I don't mean to be glibbed when I say that. It, I just I'm almost never craving a specific thing. Yeah, and honestly, you can put anything down in front of me. Well, I mean, up until recently, literally anything. So yes. maybe not so much quite this minute. Well, that's also but, it. Is there's only certain amounts of things you can eat now. Yeah, right. I would like a meat and a vegetable. Uh huh. And a carb. What if kind you can of meat do we out. have defrosted? Yeah. And yeah. pick a vegetable because I don't care. Yeah. How much of your day to day conversation with your wife is spent just both just going back and forth? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, whatever. I'm open to whatever. Yeah. Well, kind of me too. And um, 
Maybe not, not as a, much. Because a lot a of times amount, you, you are fairly definitive. I'm going here. Whether or not you'd like to come with me is entirely up to you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd like to think it worked a little differently with my wife. Well, but, yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I don't know. All right. Well, because you were under the weather, because it has been a rough week, let's skip over a lot of this. You did watch some of Raw, and you regretted it almost immediately. Let me let me tell me let me tell you something. I I sat down to watch Raw this week, and like I legit gave it a chance. Kurt Angle comes out. And I'm like, all right, he's gonna have some big announcements. He said that he does. This is gonna be great. He gets to the ring. I don't even think he said a word, and Stephanie McMahon comes out, and I said, okay, and then Roman Reigns came out, and I said, okay, and then Kevin Owens came out, and I said, all right, all right, all right, right. I can see, I I like this, I mean, Kevin Owens is all right, and then they were in a match, which I didn't really care about at all, but, you know, it's it's Kevin Owens still, so that's all right, and it's going on and on, and, and then... And some idiots come out, Seth Rollins, Jinder Mahal, and it's like, okay, well, that was a waste of a segment, and we're 30 minutes in, and oh, no, now it's a tag match, and now it's going to be the entire first hour of the show, and I turned it off. I got about 50 minutes in, I don't think the match was over yet, and I just said, I, this has been an hour of something that I really don't want to see, I don't need to see anymore, and I turned it off. Did you watch any of SmackDown, or was that it for you for the week? That was it for the week. All right. Well, like I said, there's a long way to go before Money in the Bank, so we can skip over a lot of what happened. You know, some new people have been added to the matches. Um, You know, we've got some stipulations for some of the other matches at Money in the Bank. But like I said, there's a lot to do. All you need to know, the only thing that matters about what happened in wrestling this week is that the B team won again. They're on a streak. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel won. They celebrated. They went up to the announce team. Bo Dallas stole one of the chairs, sat at the top of the ramp. Curtis Axel jumped into his arms. They slid down the ramp in the chair, falling over when they hit the, you know, the arena floor. It was beautiful. All right. Well, so that's that's good. Uh, oh, and next week we're going to get uh, Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe on SmackDown, so you might want to tune in. That sounds like a good match. Okay. Um, the biggest news of the week, and we're a little delayed because the news, I think, broke Monday. It's now Friday when you're hearing this. Um, but I want your opinion because you tend to have a more business-themed uh, mind than I do. You've created businesses and companies you've starred in wonderful commercials advertising these businesses and companies please please grow the facial hair back please um what do you make of this new deal fox has bought the rights to smackdown five years 205 million dollars a a year i i don't want to make you talk for a long time but I do want to know your opinion, how this affects things, your big takeaways of that. The thing that I think is most interesting is Fox is willing to pay a billion dollars for the B show. So my question is, what kind of money is the WWE going to be looking at for the Raw broadcast rights you would have to imagine at least the same but probably more right? that's probably the case yes and we're talking so, like at least 250 maybe even 300 million a year i mean i don't know but that's the thing that is really getting me is what does that mean for raw it, it, and what does that mean for the company that means their earning potential i mean just went through the roof. They're getting more for SmackDown than, you know, NBC slash USA Network was giving them for Raw and SmackDown combined under the previous television deal. Like, this is a massive exponential jump in their profits. Um, and if anything, you know, I think a couple of years ago, I mean, I think Pav 
you know, recently was talking about how you mm-hmm. had predicted, yep. you know, that all of the television shows were going to end up on the WWE Network. I did. As we've seen, the WWE Network has stalled. They can't get over 2 million subs a month. Let's not even let's not worry about how many of those are paid and aren't. Let's just assume all two million accounts are paid at ten dollars a month. What are we talking about here? I mean, we're talking twenty million dollars a month, right? Mm-hmm. Times twelve months in the year, two hundred and forty million dollars. Yeah, that's like. And that's not all profit. You know what I mean? Like, there are bandwidth costs. There are, are server costs. Never mind the cost of actually producing the content. I mean, let's say maybe half of that is actual profit from the network. $120 million. I mean, SmackDown alone now blows that out of the water. I mean, as I said before, not only is there no reason to put those television shows on the network... My greatest fear is that... I'm very scared. Yeah, my greatest fear is that this is going to probably incentivize the WWE to de-emphasize the network. There were rumors abound this week on social media about all the possible things that this could mean, and we don't know. We don't know what it could mean yet. We've got to see how the cards play out. But I am nervous because one of the rumors I saw, and I only saw it one or two places, was that Fox might want pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Like Fox or maybe NBC somewhere down the road. Vince McMahon could go out and try to sell the concept of airing pay-per-views on, not pay-per-view, but airing it on TV, whether it's NBC or Fox. And while part of me doesn't mind that idea, there's another... Saturday night main event? I'm all for that. There's another part of me that's like, hey, I got back into watching wrestling because of WWE Network. If WWE Network did not exist, I would not be shelling out money for pay-per-views. I would not be shelling out any of that. I would still be just paying attention vaguely online. Mm-hmm. So if the WWE Network, I don't think it's going to go away, but if it's not suddenly a priority anymore, I am going to be a bit nervous about what so, that means for my future as a wrestle watcher. Well, here's the thing, though. Even if the network did go away completely, so let's say let's say there were no pay-per-views on the network anymore. Let's say they all went to Fox. Yeah. Would that really dissuade you? I mean, that's broadcast television. You can get that with an antenna. True. I'd ha- it would take it would make my life a little more difficult to try to track down, you know. Now, granted, I'm play- paying for PlayStation View right now because of baseball season and because we're going to be home for the summer, so there's going to be more television to watch. But I don't think it would dissuade me, and I think that WWE Network isn't going to go away because a lot of what's already there is just archive stuff. They can just keep it there. Hmm. This will just I mean, be... And on top of that, really... This year, you see they already backed down the number of pay-per-views they were planning to have. If anything, they could add back events on Fox, keep what they have on the network. It's true. And just augment that content with something for Fox. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm scared in the sense that I I like my little system. I don't like change. Um, But I don't think we're going to go back to them expecting us to shell out $40, $50, $60 a month for these pay-per-views. I think it's pretty clear the pay-per-view model itself is dead. No, we call it pay-per-views because that's what we've been calling it since we were nine years old. Right. We should be calling them WWE events and all of that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, and we can go back to the Fox deal. Uh, Next month, we're going to have another UK event, the UK Championship Tournament. It's obviously not for the belt. It's for the chance to wrestle for the belt. I just saw that the Mae Young Classic, year two, is going to tape in August. Ooh. I'm excited. Now, granted, we didn't wind up watching all of year one of our well, tournament Because one. it was, you know, sort of not good. But I am look- I'm glad that they're going to continue to do these things. And again, this would be what I think the network will be for. These things aren't going to show up on the network. And that's the biggest, actually, I think, defense of the network I, that I can think of is... You're talking about the WWE, right? You're talking about Vince McMahon. You're talking about Stephanie McMahon. You're talking about a company... 
that's you know it's a public company but it, it's it's run as though it were privately owned and these people love to control the message of their company and the network allows them to do that it's a broadcasting platform that is wholly theirs they get to put anything they want to air on it i i, I sort of think just knowing their personalities or at least Mm-hmm. what I think are their personalities. Yes. I don't think that that's going to go away. I think they value that ability too highly. Now, however, let me ask you this question that just popped into my mind. Um, Stephanie McMahon has said in interviews in the past year or so that she can envision a world in which they sell the WWE to someone else. Could you sure. imagine a world in which whether it's NBC Universal or whether it's Fox owns the WWE. I could envision that. I don't know. I have to imagine if they sold it that the McMahons would not remain part of it. I don't know why you would sell at this point unless it was just literally for a massive amount of money. But even still, they're making massive amounts of money right now. Yeah. I mean, Vince McMahon is a billionaire again. He's worth over like $2 billion once. Like, he's not hurting no. just off the well, current deal. Just like what you said, they're making $240 million a year in WWE Network. So over five years, they're going to make a billion dollars on the network. They're going to make a billion dollars with the SmackDown deal. That's not counting live events. That's not counting merchandise. That's not counting any of the other well, stuff. Well, correct. What this does, these what these TV deals do, is it makes them a profitable company before any of that other stuff. Like, it means they are profitable day one of the next fiscal year. Um, yeah. So, like, anything that they do above that is gravy. It, yeah. It's a great position for them to be in. And, you know, the only thing I will say is I feel like if they did sell the company, well, if they did sell the company and if the McMahons were planning to stick around, I think they'd be in for a rude awakening, which is part of the reason why I don't think they ever will sell. Um, I don't think that company would be run the way it is run if it was owned by a conglomerate. How so? You better be- well. You better believe that Disney would not spend five years trying to get us to like Roman Reigns. <laughs> they wouldn't take on pet projects. They they would they would they would appeal to the mainstream and do everything in their power to get it as over and as popular as they ever possibly could. And I think it would be a v- pretty radical shift um, creatively. Uh, Again, because yeah, I just again, I don't think personal pet projects would survive being owned by a large multimedia company. I just don't think it would happen. It would be the John. We'd be entering year seven of John. Well, actually, no, year probably twelve of John Cena's title reign. Maybe. All I know is they would try to maximize profits, which I and yeah. don't get me wrong. I know that's what Vince McMahon is also doing, but I, I, I just when you look at the mechanical way that Disney pumps out um, the Marvel movies, the way they pump out the Star Wars movies. Like, they have a game plan, and they're executing it to a T, and the general population is just eating it up. They would do the exact same thing with wrestling. Mm. Well, it's interesting. And again, whether or not that ever happens, I don't know, because if they're making a billion dollars from SmackDown, and if they wind up making a billion dollars or more from Raw... There's really no incentive to sell unless the McMahon family dynasty no longer wants to be a part of the wrestling business. And don't get me wrong, like, they could sell if they said, well, I know we've got all these stock options and I'm worth $2 billion, but if they do what they did with George Lucas, and again, I'm talking about Disney, I don't know if Disney ever really would buy WWE, but it doesn't have to be Disney, it could be Fox, it could be Doesn't whoever. Disney own, isn't NBC Universal a Disney thing too i don't see this is what i don't know uh, about. yeah they are but fox is not yet no um any because disney is buying fox right but they're only bu- they're not buying the broadcasting company they're buying the movies and yeah 
that they're getting like X Men and they're getting the Fantastic Four and right. So so, anyways, I don't know if Disney really would be interested, but that's not the point. The point is, you know, George Lucas sold Star Wars because although Star Wars was this great property worth all of this money potentially. Disney just actually backed up a dump truck of money on his front lawn and said, hey, you can have this cold, hard cash right now. Yeah. And I could see the McMahons doing that, potentially. But again, I, I do think that probably would spell the end of their their current level of involvement in the product. No. No, I think you're right. Because I don't think they would... I think they don't... They wouldn't... Whoever were to buy them wouldn't be necessarily interested in institutional memory and all of that sort of thing. So, right. all right. Well, regardless, what's for dinner? What pork was chop. the meat? Well, pork chop, string beans. Pork chop and peas with a side of applesauce. Delicious. Yeah. Do you dip the pork chop into the applesauce? I tend to, yes. As you should. Mm-hmm. Delicious. All right. How you feeling? I'm okay. All right. Do you want to get to the emails? Because that really is the big news. Uh, you know, uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Owen Hart's death. I'm pretty sure everybody on Twitter, even non-wrestling fans, tweeted about it. I don't necessarily know. That's funny because to... I was going to say, oh, did that happen this week? I, I had no idea. I, I don't think we need to go too, too far into it necessarily. Um, we can. What, move... do you think the, what do you think the industry has learned from the event? Have they have they properly learned uh, what they needed to learn from that having occurred? I think. Let me think. That's a good question. What have they learned? I think that we have learned that because the the blue blazer gimmick was a joke, and I think what we have learned is if you're going to have a joke gimmick, whether it's Santino Morella or whether it's Whatever's going on with the B team right now. Minimal risk. I think your 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 joke, your comedy gimmicks, your wrestle silly doesn't need to involve that. And and that was really the end. I can't remember specifically, but I don't think we saw Well, I suppose G.I. Bro did come down from the ramp, but that was WCW, which never learned anything. WWE really stopped a lot of their you know show-stopping number sorts of things with that, as they should. I think they learned to be a little more, you know, let's not go for the showy, flashy thing if it's going to be potentially dangerous. But right. But then again, I'm sure somebody could come to me with an example of something that happened afterwards that would, that would refute that. So Throwing Mick Foley off of a cage? Well, that happened before. That was 98. Was that before? That was okay. 98, I believe. Owen Hart was 99. But Shane okay. McMahon's jumping off a cell just right. a couple years ago in, yeah. at Hell in a Cell. Again, slightly different thing because poor Owen fell from yeah. the rafters. You yeah. know, he was supposed to fall six or seven feet from the, from the ring. That didn't happen. Um, you know, I, I think we've learned that... Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. He was... Maybe I've never heard this story. Owen was supposed to fall. Some so the distance? whole idea, the whole idea, was that the Blue Blazer was a superhero who sucked at being a superhero. So he just was goofy and did things wrong. So he's rappelling from the ceiling like Sting did. But the whole idea is he screws it up, and so five, six, seven feet from the ring. The thing falls, and instead of landing suavely, he just collapses in a heap because, you know, his little gimmick didn't work. So they, they had it set. I believe this is the story. They had it set that at six feet, something would happen and he would just fall the rest of the way to the ring. It just worked the worst possible way it could have worked, where it it broke or whatever you want to call it. The machine failed when he was 60 feet in the air, not six. Yikes. So. Never heard that before. So, you know, again, like I said, I, I'd like to think WWE learned to play it safe. That was also the first time, and this is callous of me, but that was the first time I learned 
that wrestling, WWE specifically, could make a, you know, that was the first big wrestling death. We saw it later with Eddie Guerrero. We saw it later with Chris Benoit, although I'm sure WWE wish we didn't. But that whole tribute show the next night, I don't remember ever seeing that before. Andre the Giant passed away. I don't think there was a tribute show. Was there a tribute show for Owen? Yeah. That Raw the next night was in his memory. And, mm. you know, people were, they did the backstage interviews, talking, you know, that was, a, that was one of those times where the fourth wall was broken and the, the, the talents themselves, the guys, the girls, the people themselves spoke about Owen. Face, heel, didn't matter. Now, oh, yeah, obviously, Benoit did a match on that show, right? With Benoit someone. was in WCW at the time. Oh, was he? So that was the other thing is you had uh. WCW where Bret Hart was. Bret Hart had left. And again, whether or not this is true or not, the rumor was Owen Hart was going to go to WCW to be with his brother. This was them kind of trying to bury Owen. Forgive me. Forgive me. But this was them kind of making Owen as uninteresting and as goofy as possible before letting him go. Like his contract was going to be up. Uh-huh. And so, but yes, so... Trying to devalue that brand. Yes. So, yes, so Brett was on WCW. Chris Benoit was in WCW. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, they they were all still in WCW. I've watched this recently because I'm watching 99 WCW right now. Um, They did a tribute match, Owen versus Benoit. It was a couple of weeks later because obviously Brett wasn't there. But the wrestlers that day after, even on WCW, are wearing... You know, the black armbands, the the announcers on Monday Nitro are talking about Owen Hart and, you know, what a tragedy it is. So, How you know, long the, had Brett been in WCW at that point? Brett left WWE in November of 97. So he arrived in WCW early 98. So it had been about a year and a half, I think, I want to say. That sounds about right. So I don't know if he had a 90-day no-compete clause or any of that sort of thing. Because WWE was – WWF, Vince McMahon was letting him go. Right. That was the whole point of the Montreal Screwjob is they wanted to make sure to get the belt off of him. So, hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting – it's an interesting thing. So, you know, again, what did, what did WWE learn? You could debate that, but that was the first time I remember. I didn't watch that pay-per-view because pay-per-views were expensive at the time. But uh, I remember hearing about it, and that was, you know, that was when the wrestling world kind of stopped. And, you know, they all kind of said, hey, this is a, you know, this is a show we're putting on, but we, the actual people behind the characters. So. Interesting. All right. All right. Well, rest in peace, Owen Hart. Yes, indeed. Let us go to our emails then. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Now, we got three emails, and I asked you about this on Twitter. You didn't know. We got three emails from Ross Foreman, who I believe is somebody... The name sounds familiar. Ross Foreman is the head of media relations for Impact Wrestling. And he sent us three emails. Now, I don't know... What does this say? How did we get on his list? Via tnawrestling.onmicrosoft.com. I don't know if they went ahead and just added every podcast. They must I don't, have. Because I'll I don't remember you, signing up for this, anything. If I had seen this before today, I would have called into this conference call. I would have liked to have heard uh, what Madison Rain had to say for herself yeah. rejoining that company. So so we got a we got a media advisory about a Madison Rain thing. Then we got a correction about it. And then we got a, well, here you go. Impact Wrestling announces pre-Slammiversary press conference and public Q&A June 4th in Toronto. Um, so, you know, I I don't know why we're getting these. Makes me feel like we're kind of important. All right. Thanks, Ross. So uh, Keep sending them. I'll check something out sooner or later. Yeah. All right. But our first real email uh, comes from Jeffrey. Would you like me to take the lead on reading these since your Absolutely. voice is... Okay, I will do that for you. Jeffrey, this is the Jeffrey from Massachusetts who doesn't have Twitter. Now, wait a minute. Is this is this an email for this show? Well, let me see. I asked well, I because read... the subject line is the list episode 15. 
I do want to read this because I want to talk about The List episode 15, which we have not recorded, and I will tell you why in a minute. Hey guys, don't let any of the besties give you a hard time about The List. It's perfect the way it is. Two questions, quick. Is Nails, who feuded with the big boss man, eligible for The List? Yes, he is. I believe he's on there because he wrestled at a pay-per-view. Do you remember that? Do you remember Nails? I remember the name. He was an escape, or he was a prisoner, or I think he was an escaped prisoner who came to WWE to battle his former prison guard, the Big Boss Man. <laughs> I kind of remember this. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and what happens when Chris Jericho makes the list? LOL, mind blown. Pretty Thanks. sure the universe collapses on itself. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter. The reason I wanted to read that email, because that is one for the list, and we're going to have to figure out how to sort these, but we said last week on the list and on DDT Wrestling that we are looking to do our reconciliation show. We've done 15 episodes of the list. It is high time that you send us your feedback. Did we do it right? Is it perfect? Are there wrestlers you want to plead the case for? Should go up, should go down. And very few people, Danielle just sent it today, but very few people have actually sent in arguments. And I got to tell you, while I'm happy to do a reconciliation show with or without the emails, it's not going to be as exciting if it's just us looking at the list going, uh. (laughs) Well, uh, I disagree. I think the reconciliation show will be great even without any emails because I do think there are plenty of people that we have noted who need to be moved around. But that said, I agree it would be more exciting with some audience participation. So, yes. Folks, go to ddtwrestling.com forward slash the list. You will go to our webpage where you can see the list in its current incarnation. Look at those names. Decide if they're in the right order. If they're not, let us know. Is there a favorite who has made the list and has been, you know, improperly listed? In which case, you got to let us know. Um, Um, You know, I do think if we get our buddy GQ, who's been on the show before, he's part of our DDT Awards every year. Can you believe we're almost halfway done with 2020? 18. I cannot believe that. Like May's almost May's almost over. Pretty soon it'll be June. Like Oh man, it's I almost know, time for Shocktober again. I I know we don't do a uh, a halfway point like a DDT mid-season awards. But sometimes I, you're just enjoying looking at yourself with the eyes wide. I know what that I can see where your eyes are headed. All right. Um so yes, please get your emails in. We do want to hear from Everybody. Our next email comes from our bestie of the besties, Glenn, subject 205 Tuesday. Hi, guys. Hi. With it looking likely that SmackDown will be moving to Friday nights when it moves to Fox, what, if anything, would you put on Tuesdays with 205 Live just picking up a bit of momentum? Do you think it's a good idea to just have an hour of it at 10 p.m. Eastern? Thanks, Glenn. I think one thing people need to remember is that the Fox deal starts October of 2019. We've got like 16 months until that happens. So, you know, 205 might be picking up a bit of momentum, though I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Um, It's got to hold that momentum for for 16 months. I do think we're going to see something, whether it's on USA or what, I you know, Depending on the deal, I don't know how this works with the USA Network. They're getting, right now they're paying for three hours of Raw and two hours of SmackDown. Well, when SmackDown leaves, is USA going to expect another two hours of wrestling content on Tuesday nights? Well, I think their contract is also up for renegotiation. Ah. So it'll depend on, I mean, it's very possible that... There is no wrestling on the USA Network come 2019. It moves to NBC. It's possible. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, that said, what I'd I, like, I, I just, I, I think, no, sorry. I think WWE would know the answer to this. But my, they've got all the data. I mean, so I'm just guessing here. But my guess is not that many people watch 205 Live Live, so they could. Record it. I, I I think it's going to remain recorded with SmackDown. Like I don't think that will change. Um, whether or not they choose it to depend, air it live well, on Fridays, I don't. The think question it is, how many hours of SmackDown are we going to get? Does Fox well, want I, two, or does Fox want three? 
Fox probably wants to, but you never know. My whole thing, and I've been saying this for a long time, 205 Live needs to be lumped together with NXT and what they're doing right now. You know, Pete Dunne, the United Kingdom champion, is a part of that show. He's been wrestling on it for weeks, or part of NXT, rather. Put the cruiserweights on there. Just have, you know, they can have all of these mismatched belts and everything. The cruiserweight title can be defended. It's It just makes more sense to me to put them there than to have them, you know, yes, people watch 205 Live on demand whenever they get around to it. But if you put it on NXT, that's when you're going to get some momentum. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't combine the brands, if they keep 205 Live a one-hour show, they keep NXT a one-hour show. And run them back-to-back. If they just run them back-to-back, if they record them both idea. in the Performance Center, it's not going to change. That's also a great idea. Yeah, I mean. Also a great idea. Put yeah. put 205 Live at full sale, it doesn't matter. Then you don't right. need to combine it. Excellent point. All right, thank you, Glenn, as always. Our next email, we've got two from our buddy Danielle. The first one is entitled Summer Fun. Hello, gentlemen. I was on the way to the library last week when Doc updated the world about his most recent test results. My reaction was quite priceless. Like, man, no pumpkins, no watermelon. Poor Doc. Poor me. This week's schedule was odd. I had yesterday and today off. I spent all of yesterday at home and was too restless to spend day two at home, which is why I am sitting here at the Starbucks store I work at having coffee. If you have any questions for me about working at Starbucks, you let me know. All responses are in my opinion and do not reflect my company's views. Well put. Same goes for working at Barnes & Noble. Okay, well, let's stop there before we get to the rest of her questions because you're a coffee drinker. Do you have questions about working at Starbucks? Or Starbucks in general? I have one. Yes, I do, but I have to I have to think about where to start. Um uh, do you think Danielle that this this upcoming holiday season they might have a soy eggnog latte because I really love eggnog lattes, but I don't think they're going to be on the menu anymore unless they're soy. Can they there, do Can you can you go to corporate? Soy? Can you make this happen? I'm sorry. What were we saying, DC? Well, I'm just trying to figure I suppose no, they would need to make the eggnog. I'm trying to figure out how they would do that. Not drinking they're, they're, lattes well, they're, or eggnog. Silk does make a soy eggnog. Ah. I believe I've tried it before and it was disgusting. I was going to say maybe if you bring it to Starbucks and say, "Can you make it with this, please?" I bet you they would. All they, they gotta do would. is froth it, right, and then pour some coffee in it. Yeah. Will they do that, Daniel? If I bring my own like eggnog and I just like request a froth, that would be awesome. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Uh, I have two questions. Uh-huh. One: What is it with the sizes? Why can't you? Why do you have to be fancy? Not you, Danielle, but your company that you work for. Why do you have to be fancy? Why don't you just go in there and order a medium? I bet you you get what you want. I bet they do, but they kind of give you attitude about it. I've never once gotten attitude from Like, they just restated. They're like, oh, you want a venti? And I said, yes, a medium. And they're like, venti, medium. And we went back and forth, and finally I had to reach across and just slap him in the face. Is that why you're no longer welcome at your local Starbucks? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the list. Um... My second question is, uh, recently they got rid of Mocha Light Frappuccinos, which were, up until that point, Mrs. Matthews' favorite beverage, and occasionally when I was feeling like a really good husband, I would go out early in the morning to get her a Mocha Light Frappuccino, and now they don't have it, and it's What do you mean they don't have it? They said they no longer make Mocha Light Frappuccinos. You can get a Mocha Frappuccino with non-fat milk, which might be the same thing. It might be the same thing, but just the name, Danielle, is it the same thing? Let us know, because if it's the same thing, problem solved. Uh, any Barnes & Noble questions? Do you work at a Starbucks in a Barnes & Noble? Because I've oh. heard that those are not really Starbucks. I mean, they are, obviously, but like you can't use gift cards there. What is up oh. with that? What is up with that? 
lot of questions. I like this part of the show because we're going to get uh, uh, we have an email from Mitchell coming up in which he's going to tell us some about him, some more about his life. Oh, I like that our besties are part of the show in terms of their lives and things. Me too. Uh, all right. Uh, I have this is back to Danielle's email. I have a few questions. One, I've been wanting to mail you guys books and coffee. I know the book to send Doc, but nice. I'm torn between two books to send to DC. I'll also send Doc coffee from said coffee chain. Yes. Let me know if you guys wouldn't mind if I sent you guys stuff sometime in July. Wow. We're getting gifts. All right. All of my gifts. Box. All, I was going to say, all of my gifts can be care of Doc Manson. <laughs> um, <laughs> P.O. Box. Please send this to Bench 3 in the park. <laughs> we will be there. Uh, question two. Yes, I plan on becoming a Patreon in June. Yay! That is not a question. But still yay. Yay! Question three. Do you guys have any exciting plans for the summer? I plan on going to the yearly Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park shows, huh. Drum Corps International Tour in July, and a baseball game next month on her birthday. Other than that, I'm going to try to avoid getting a sunburn at the drive through window. I believe if she's working at a drive through that probably means that she's not in a Barnes & Noble because I don't think they have drive throughs That seems likely. Unless That's... it's the coolest Barnes & Noble in the world. Oh, man. Drive up, just get your book. <sighs> you have just described my wife's Xanadu. That's her headline <laughs> right there. Drive up, they hand you books, you drive away. Um, wishing y'all well as the school year ends and the summer begins. Cheers, Danielle. We love you, Danielle. Thank you for the email. Yes, thank you. Uh, do you have big summer plans that you are aware of? I know you you will have to work. Um, yeah, so it's funny saying as the school year ends. My school year ended a few weeks ago, and summer begins means summer session begins. Classes start on Tuesday. <laughs> so we're right back to it. Um, but other than that, I am going to take some time. We're going to go... Uh, vacation. I think we're going to go to the Berkshires. We've never been. We keep talking about that. Yeah, we've, we've never, never been. been either. So we, we hmm. booked a few days. Uh, oh, you already have booked it. Oh, uh, yeah, in June, I think. So uh, Are you going to, like, drive up? Or are you going to one place and just kind of staying? Because I've always wanted to go to Western Connecticut and then drive straight up through Massachusetts into Vermont and just kind of explore. Um, I think we're going to go to one place and stay. But we'll probably do day trips all over the place. There's a few different places I know that are like an hour away from where we're staying that I mm -hmm. want to check out. So You should get the address of that place and have Danielle send your stuff there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she said um, July, though. We won't be there in July. Oh, so. all right. We are – the plan was to head back up to the Great North Woods, which I feel like I just live there now, um, and actually hang for a week – we have some family that's going to be moving uh, pretty far away. Um, so we wanted to kind of hang out with them before they left. Sibling? But, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Job? My, Is that why they're moving? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My my second favorite person in the Washington, well, yeah. My hey. second favorite person in the world. Excuse me. You're my third favorite person in the world. You son of a... <laughs> Who is six months old. Uh, it, it will be leaving me, and I'm quite, I, I'm a little kind of bummed about it. But regardless, um, so we were going to go hang before they left. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. We'll see if that happens or not. We have made no major plan. We're going to the White Mountains um, for the champ's 70th birthday. Huh. But no, right. no major plans. It takes a lot to just kind of recover from the school mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Danielle sends us another. Oh, this is an this is a list email, so we will save that. She sent us a list email, so we will table that. If you want to hear Danielle's list email, which you should, because she makes a case for Doc's favorite wrestler, Shayna Baszler. Um, you need to tune into our next list episode. I I think we can safely say the list is not necessarily a weekly show, and people just need to kind of accept that. I'd like it to be weekly, but things have just been one of, sort of weird. One of, these, one of these days, I will come over and we will record, like, five of them. And we'll yeah, get into yeah. a weekly thing. But then, of course, something's going to happen and, you know. So, yeah. but either way. Uh, all right. 
So the next email comes from Forrest. And again, he's going to give us information into his life. Hello, DC and Doc. The name Bosque is Scandinavian, dot, dot, dot. Not really. It is a Spanish class name I use from grade school, which I believe is Spanish for Forrest. Great pod. Did you take, you took a foreign language. I did. Uh, Did you have to choose a, a, a Spanish name or a French name? Uh, yes, I did. Good to know. I don't want to know what it is, but it's good to know that you had one. El Doctor. Uh, actually, it, I'll tell you what, what name I chose, because the name I chose was Miguel, which, as you know, <laughs> as I assume that you know. No, you are now Miguel Manson. You are now Miguel Manson. I'm just, I mean, again, to my point, uh. Totally not my name, but that was the name I chose in that class. I was Bernard. Of course you were. Just of course you were. Bernard. With Bernard a hat like that, you'd have to be Bernard. Thank you. Yeah. Um, great pod last week. Thank Everything you. is about finding your happy place. That's like true. the suggestion last week on what to watch. I watched the Owens versus Rollins and more of SmackDown Live. This week I will have to skip and or DVR more. With our first child on the way. Hey, Bosque. Bosque. I'm I'm pronouncing it wrong. Sorry. Bosque. Congratulations to you. Bosque. Best best of luck to you and yours. Bosque. Pronounced Bosque. Sent from my iPhone. Congratulations to Bosque. That's really cool. Now we know. Congratulations. Bosque. That means forest. Apparently. Our next email is one Doc's going to read. Um, the subject line is WCW buyout. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Beverly Dakota signing in here after watching a box set of Midsummer Murders and a documentary on the building of British cathedrals while knitting a towel emblazoned with the red with the River Avon. I have my traditional pro wrestling history question for you this week. When Vince McMahon appeared on TV saying, I now own WCW, what was your first reaction? Do you remember where you were? What you were doing? In the advent years of the internet, did you even know of his purchase beforehand? Or were you shocked? Talk me through that day. Medieval fact, Roger Bacon, an English philosopher in the 13th century, made a prediction that in the future there will be cars and aeroplanes. Boy, was he right. Yours faithfully, Beverly Dakota. Um, so tell me, Doc, what were you doing on March 26th, 2001? Um, finishing up high school? We were both finishing up high school. Um, the joy of being born. Three I was days probably apart. skipping physics class. Uh, Possibly chasing a classmate through the halls of my high school with a shovel after having (laughs) dug a shallow grave out by the parking lot. Okay, then. (laughs) It happened. You can ask a tall guy about it. I I don't doubt you for a second. (laughs) Uh, Monday, March 26, 2001... We would have been 17, almost 18, 17, going on 18, to quote Sound of Music. Um, yeah, I I remember it, but this was 2001. I'm a senior in high school. I don't think that's how that song goes. You are six, oh, 16, going on 17. Uh-huh. Damn it. My street cred is crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Sound of Music street cred. <laughs> oh, Liesel. Um... Hey, man, 2000- I was Uncle Max. I know my sound of music. I, we did not do sound of music in, uh, oh, okay. in high school. Um, I don't remember, you know, that was a time where wrestling was on, but at the same time, there were other things that also captured my interest and attention. But I do remember seeing Vince McMahon. I do remember seeing Vince McMahon on Monday Nitro and thinking I was watching Monday Night Raw. And being like, oh, I must be on USA. And then seeing the WCW logo and going, what the hell is this? 
Um, and I do remember, I must have watched the whole thing because I remember when Shane showed up because Vince is in the ring and he's like, let's cut to Monday Night Show. And then like Shane shows up and he's like, I'm the one who bought WCW. And Vince did the great, you know, Vince McMahon has special muscles no most men don't have that specifically control his Adam's apple, and he <laughs> can get it to do all sorts of rhythmic gymnastics that none mere mortals can't. And so it was literally like going. Um, but yeah, it was it was a big deal, and you know you you thought at the time that the world was going to change forever, and while it did. It didn't happen in the way you wanted to. The WCW invasion wasn't very good, and it could have been very good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, and part of the problem is Mister WCW Sting chose not to show up. Of course. So, so they were on a deficit. They're trying to sell me Lance Storm and Buff Bagwell as Mister WCW, and it just wasn't going to fly. <laughs> you weren't buying it, huh? Yeah, uh, I I think I've been on record on this show before, so uh, I'm not really saying anything new. But I was not watching wrestling at this time. Um, I so I, I uh, would not have seen it live. I would not become aware of this event until years later. And don't get me wrong, when I finally did come back to wrestling after you know rooming with you and getting reintroduced to it, I was fascinated by the wrestling of yesteryear. I remember. When dub, uh, when I'm sorry, ECW One Night Stand happened, I was so enamored with this idea of ECW that that was sort of like this this launching point. Going back and looking at all that stuff, and the same thing with you know seeing Eric Bischoff on Monday Night Raw and sort of going back and filling in those gaps for myself. And I, I'm sure at some point I saw a clip show that showed me that moment. And mm-hmm. I did think it was really cool. I mean, so even not having seen it live, I do remember going back and watching that stuff and being like, Oh man, man, this, this I think maybe partially this, cause this would have been, you know, like deep into John Cena as the face of the company. I mean, it might've yes. been partially me going, man, I missed all this great stuff, and what's on now is terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just like gr- grass is greener on the other side sort of thing. I don't know. Well, the thing you have to remember is a lot of what you saw at those kind of shows was the best of. Oh, of course. It's sensationalized, right? I mean, they're no, only granted, show you I started watching. I started watching ECW TV on WWE Network from the very, very beginning, and it is dreadful. Yeah. That's the thing that the network has taught me because I did go back and try to watch some Raws from the Attitude Era. Like I was gonna, I sat down, I started watching them. I said, "All right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna watch the whole Attitude Era. Never saw it. Never. uh, It looked like it was a good time. I definitely want to see this stuff." And I started watching some, and those shows, a lot of them are just completely uninteresting, Mm -hmm. unwatchable. Like. It's there just like, and you know, I make the comparison to wrestling today. They're two very different things, but wrestling today has great moments. The Attitude Era had great moments. Go back to the Hogan Era, it had great moments. Right. You know what I mean? That's what, and Kevin Owens talks about this all the time. Moments are more important than matches, which in a lot of cases is true. You don't remember every detail of Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. You remember Shawn Michaels saying, I'm sorry, I love you, and hitting him with the super kick. Right. So. All right. Uh, Good question from whoever that was. The next email comes from our good buddy, Mitchell Monroe. I did, oh, that job, though, is the subject line. I did get the job, in case you all were wondering, and of course we were. And it involves helping people deal with insurance companies and get their medications affordably. Good for you, Mitchell Monroe. As for why I took a break from ministry, that involves some personal information. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I imagine that it would. (laughs) But suffice to say, it just wasn't best for me and my wife at this time. I plan on serving at different churches someday, and it had nothing to do with DDT Wrestling, LOL. Come on, make it, just let us dream, darn it. Mitchell. For now, I was just ready for a break. Still going to church, though. On a completely unrelated note, why don't you pick your all-time top three tag teams? You can pick together or separately. Doesn't matter to me. 
Well, in which case, we're picking together because I love watching you, uh, you know, <laughs> have to wrestle <laughs> with appeasing me. So. So where do you put the Bushwhackers on your list? <laughs> Clearly at the top. They're going to be in there somewhere. I oh, just yeah. know they are. Uh-huh. Come on, the Bushwhackers were fantastic for a six-year-old. True. Uh-huh. True. Uh-huh. There you go. Yep. Throw those arms up in the air. There you go. I will not, however, lick your face. Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but outside of the Bushwhackers and, and who who are some of your favorite tag teams, either current or of yesteryear? Hmm. Brothers of Destruction. Really? I've always liked okay. the idea of them. How about that? I don't know sure. if I can really say for sure they had a great run and all that. Um, uh, that's a good pick. I like that pick. I would legitimately probably pick like the Legion of Doom. I would go with that, and that's, again, that's the one I would go to when you talk about as a kid. You know, the spiked shoulder pads, the face paint, the mohawk, and then the reverse mohawk. You know, that to me, and I'd say similar things about Demolition, though Legion of Doom was clearly, I think, superior to Demolition. Hello, Oscar. But, um, yeah, I would put LOD on that list. I mean, what about the Dudleys? Do the Dudleys go on this list? I think you've got to pick... One of those three teams, either it's Dudley's, Edge and Christian, or the Hardys. The Hardys are my least favorite of those three. Of those I t- three? I am torn between the Dudleys and Edge and Christian. Edge and, and Christian not was just quite because, good. And that's not just like... because I started listening to the Edge and Christian podcast of awesomeness. <laughs> I mean, they are quite good together, but I mean, in terms of wrestling... I do think you got to go with the Dudleys. because. I think it's the Dudleys. What I like about the Dudleys is, with the exception of Brother Devon and Bully Ray, like, they are known for being a tag team. That's like Hawk and Animal. Hawk and Animal are a tag team. Edge and Christian are two former world champions who at one point happened to team up together. Right, that's sort of what I'm saying. They went on to be the separate entity and do their own thing. Now, the question is, let me go back to Mitchell's question here. The question is... My all-time top three tag teams. And so it's not favorite so much because I would be willing to put the Revival in there. And I know a lot of people <laughs> would be like, ha. All-time top three, the Revival. One of my favorites. That's yes. not the question. No, it's not. I understand that. But. I mean, you're going to put the Revival over the Mega Powers? Yes. The Mega oh. Powers, I would. Again, and I understand we have to go with the, te- the definition of tag team. You know, the Mega Powers were a tag team a couple of times. Yeah. What about the Natural Disasters? <laughs> oh, Earthquake and Typhoon. <laughs> what about, uh, what was the name of... Uh, the Beverly Brothers? Money... Was it Money, Inc.? Yes. IRS and Ted DiBiase? Yes, again, yes, yes. Again, again. Ted DiBiase is known more for his singles career, but that's a great team. It is a great we're team. Just, we're just totally showing our era. <laughs> yeah. What? Were you a WWF team between 91 and 94? The Nasty Boys? Ugh, no, I never liked the Nasty Boys. I liked the Beverly Brothers. They, weren't, they wouldn't be on this list, but... Yeah. Um, all right. LOD and the Dudleys, I think, are definites. The, the, you know, the question as to the third team, um, Billy and Chuck. What? You know, you could go with the the Rock and Roll Express or the Midnight Express if you're a fan of. Oh, you know. I suppose if you go on all time, maybe you'd have to. Pick but again, you don't know those teams. Well, I mean, I saw those guys at the Hall of Fame with the hair and the <laughs> with the hair and stuff. I would go with teams that you've actually watched. So, if you want to put the Brothers of Destruction on your list, I think that well, is. Just who would you fine. pick for the third? The problem is, like, what's been the last great tag? You know, right now, like, you're not going to pick the Usos. I'm trying to just say who are the great teams now, and then who are the great teams of 10 years ago? So I'm like, all right, 2008, uh, Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. Uh, like, there was a long time where tag teams what just ab- weren't a thing. What about the New Day? It's not a bad pick. Truthfully. And again, you could argue New Day or Usos. 
Um, it's hard to pick a modern team, though, because you've got to kind of compare them to the all-time greats, and the all-time greats are, you know, you could go with the British Bulldogs, you could go with the Hart Foundation. Ooh, that might be it. Which one? Hart Foundation. Yeah. 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 I mean, don't get me wrong, Bret Hart went on. He did, but that was a, there was a long while. Those early WrestleMania years, it's the Hart Foundation, just year yeah. in, year out. Yeah, I think that's it, actually. All right. LOD Dudley's Hart Foundation? I'm okay with it. All right. Thank you, Mitchell, for the email. Um, our last email comes from Seahawk, and he sent us a YouTube, li- a YouTube link to a Skrillex song. I thought that was something you cooked food with on a Skrillex. Skrillex-Kill-Everybody um, is the name of the song. Chris Hawk frightens me. Let's talk about that for a moment, Miguel. Chris Hawk frightens me sometimes. Buddy, Chris Hawk, what's going on, sir? Now, you can decide if you want to play that song as like our outro music this week, but I, I don't see how we can kind of weave that into the show proper. Yeah. So. Send us an email, Seahawk. We're worried about you. <laughs> All right. Um, I understand that you might not have something to give me for a piece of positivity from the world of wrestling because you watched Stephanie and Roman and Jinder, but do you have anything? Um, did you like, did you like the, did you like that Kevin Owens tried to get a thank you Roman chant started? Missed that. Did you appreciate when he put his arm up on Stephanie and yeah. she glared at him until he took it down? Yeah, I thought that was okay. Um, yeah, okay, my piece of positivity will simply be Kevin Owens. Because oh. Kevin Owens is quite good. I will pick... He's the only reason I didn't turn that show off oh, of in course. the first 15 minutes. So. That's true. Kevin Owens saved you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go with the fact that, and I know we'll talk more about Money in the Bank as we get closer to, um, Lana is in Money in the Bank. Yeah, she is. And there's a chance. Yeah, she is. A chance. Lana and Rusev could be Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank, and I love that that's an option. It's not going to happen. No, but still, it's a clever idea. Yeah. It's a clever idea. Um... I just wanted to ask a question because I, I guess I did see a little bit of this. They were replaying a uh, interview from a couple of weeks ago. What the hell are they doing with Bobby Lashley? Uh, I'm not watching because I don't care about Bobby Lashley. And I'm glad I missed it because people lost their flipping minds about the segment. Um, and since I didn't watch it, I don't feel like I can comment on it, which is why I'm not watching it. But um, I think they they realize that most modern fans don't know who he is, so they're trying That's to re- fair. They're trying to reintroduce us to the character to give us a reason to care about him, and they're trying to make him a human. And so he's talking about his sisters and. Then I guess we're going to have a little feud with Sami Zayn, because neither Lashley or Sami Zayn are in Money in the Bank. I don't know if it was just Bobby Lashley's acting, or if this was, you know, intentional from a production standpoint. But if you go back and watch that interview, the way he's talking about his sisters, like, he comes across like... Some sort of like sociopath or something, like th- it's not right. If you if you're if you're just sort of like reading between the lines, like there is something seriously off about his relationship with his sisters. I wasn't watching when Bobby Lashley had his first run. This was mid to late two thousands. I was not. In the thing the that I don't place. understand is this dude is a legitimate badass. He doesn't need to sit down for an interview with anything. Have him no. go out there. Brock Lesnar's not there week to week. Let him just destroy people. On SmackDown, they have brought up Andrade Cien Almas, and he has had two weeks in a row where it's a squash match. He's literally wrestling a nobody. And he just gets the chance to shine and show off all his great moves, and then he wins. Why is that not what we're doing with Bobby Lashley? I don't know. I don't yeah. know what. They keep bringing back guys. 
Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, Kurt Hawkins, like Drew Galloway. Well, at least they're doing something with Drew Galloway. I like the McIntyre, and, and they had a nice Chad Gable and Dolph Ziggler was a nice little match yeah. from Raw. In fairness, I think they are doing good by him, but I just why do they bring these people back if all they want to do? I I honestly think they thought that that was going to get somewhere. And oh, maybe they just somewhere. forgot that he's not a great talker. Never and has I almost, been. I almost think that they thought it was such a silly interview segment. It it fell so flat that making fun of it on Raw was the only way to save it. Because now we're not going to look at the interview. We're going to look at what happened on Raw. And I'm going to treat, because I'm pretty sure Lashley versus Zayn will be part of Money in the Bank, whether it's on the main card or pre-show. This card's going to go five hours or so, because now every pay-per-view is four hours. The big shows are going to go longer. They might even start at 6 p.m. Main show, start at 6 p.m. That's what I've been reading. What? Tell, tell GQ. What? The pay-per-views are now going to start at 7, all of them. Uh-huh. And for big shows, they might start at 6. I don't think so. What I read was they're all going to start at 7, but big shows will be 5 hours, meaning plan on being there till midnight. Nope. All right. Well, that could be true. Maybe I read it wrong. Maybe the uh, I'm right. Okay, you always are. I know. Um but yeah, Lashley versus Zayden will happen, and I will treat that as Lashley's first moment in WWE. That'll be the first thing I watch and be like, okay, Sami Zayn can have a good match with anybody. Lashley's a pretty good talent. Let's start from there and see where we go. Fair enough. I'm glad that all of you came along with us here on this episode of DDT Wrestling. We said we were going to do a short show, and we're at an hour six. I feel terrible. I apologize if, you di- if you're dying. I have no voice. Um, Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the love. And if you want to be part of this show going forward, podcast at ddtwrestling.com, ddtwrestling.com, ddtpod.com is where you can find all of the shows. We have a ton of them at this point. Um, Yes, we will be recording an episode of The List at some point in the future. Your patience will be rewarded. Did I miss anything? You might have said it, but... Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy DDT Wrestling, please, please go to Patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling. And, you know, if you're able to throw a few shekels our way, we greatly appreciate it. I want to know, people let us know, podcast at DDTWrestling.com, if there was a lower tier. Even if it was like, I don't know what the lowest you can go is, but even if it was like just a shekel or two. A month just for you know even just for access to whatever yeah let us know it, it if, if if you, you know. if you would give but but the, the the current tiers just aren't to your liking well we we would like yeah. to see that feedback. maybe they're too low maybe they're too high maybe they're too low maybe you want to give us 100 shekels a month but we're just not letting you yeah maybe we'll i see. doubt it but you know it's possible anything else you'd like to say doc manson before we head out into that good night no. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? What was that? <laughs>